some splaining to do. Why? Oh. <laughs> I thought you meant about my serenading you. <clears throat> um, hi. Welcome back. <laughs> we are two weeks late. Oh, we've already done that one before. Yeah, good joke. Good one. Proud. Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, it's a bug. No! <laughs> Oh my gosh, we are hot messing today. So, it's been a minute. What the fuck even happened? Two weeks. Um, You were well, gone. Well, okay, yeah, the first one I was gone. And then I was gone. The second one you were gone? Okay, so, okay, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Like, we weren't just, like, lazy and stupid. Yeah, no, we just, neither one of us were here. And tech, well. Oh my God. What is happening? So. Did your cat eat crack cocaine? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? No, O'Malley. Um. She's been, she's become quite, <laughs> she's, <laughs> I can't take this fucking cat seriously. She is quite the hunter. I think O'Malley's hallucinating. It, no, we have a lot of box elder bugs in here. Oh. And O'Malley's been hunting them. Well, good. She keeps like a pile of dead bugs, like her kill count. Yeah. She's kind of spooky, which is perfect for this episode. Um, It is our freaking holiday. I'm so excited. When I was mm -hmm. waiting for you to come, no, I was brushing my teeth after we had dinner today. And I was thinking about this episode and I was like, holy shit. Like, we've already done a Halloween episode before. Um, so happy pot anniversary and technically friend anniversary. Oh, cute. I didn't get you a present. I mean, technically, you can use um the kids at school pictures as a present. I brought you a present. Yay, me. You made me a coffee. Oh, cute. See, we win. Anyways. Yes. We've already done a Halloween episode, and I was thinking about what the episode was, and it was cultural appropriation, like dressing up and stuff, and it was such a good episode. It really was. And we have been- It's just wild to me that we can say that this is our second Halloween episode. Oh, my God. This is our second year of podcasting. Ah! <laughs> Fuck off. <clears throat> the Ew. <laughs> There's gnats everywhere. Dude, this is like my favorite time of year, but my least favorite time of year because the bugs are insane because it's starting to get cold and so they're all trying to like get inside. So they're freaking Look, there it is. Oh my god. Did you see it. it? Did you get him? No. False. It's <laughs> this is gonna be such a hot mess fucking up. Wow. Okay. Although I am jazzed about this episode, but I'm we'll, so we'll wait for that. So, what have you been doing for the past two weeks? I got a tattoo. Oh, my God. You did. Tell me about the tattoo. Well, so you designed it. So I'm going to tell everybody else. You and Autumn. Oh, yeah. You both kind of told me that, like, you were plotting against, not, no, plotting together. For. Plotting for my better good. <clears throat> so our friend Autumn, and I'm going to say this now because October is pretty much over. And so nobody can use this now until next October. So in the month of October, Autumn at Siren Tattoo will cover any like self-harm scars or hate tattoos mm -hmm. for free as long as she chooses the design. So she gets to design the tattoo that goes over that stuff. And so like I had a couple self-harm marks and 
I went in there and I told her and I was like, I like, it almost feels like I'm cheating because you can't really see a lot of mine. Um, but I can see them. And Mm -hmm. she's like, it's for you. Like, I don't care if I can see them. Like, um, and so the neurotransmitter is norepinephrine, which is the neurotransmitter that's released in your fight or flight response. And so like, I've had a hell of a year. Mm -hmm. And so the, did the way Autumn was talking about, she's like, your fight or flight has been on for so long that like, and then over the neurotransmitter are all of the ingredients for a healing spell. Mm-hmm. So there's lavender and willow bark and amaranth. I don't remember what this one is. And chamomile. I have a picture. Um, <clears throat> but it's talking while I find it. It's basically like a healing spell over that neurotransmitter that comes out during your fight or flight response. So it's like healing my stress response. It's healing the. So what's that other one? Yarrow. Yeah. So I'm in love with it. It covers everything exactly like I wanted it to. And what's funny is she was like. Well, I was looking at, like, Valkyrie Warriors. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and then I thought, like, oh, I don't know. Your wrist isn't very big because I have, like, teeny tiny little wrists. And I was like, Autumn, are you fucking kidding me? And I opened up, like, my Pinterest tattoo page. And it's all fucking, like, Valkyrie Warrior mm-hmm. women. And she's like, oh, my God, this is so cool. <laughs> but so I got a tattoo. I've just been living life. What are you up to? Honestly, not a whole lot. Just homework and snuggling with my furs. Yeah. Dude, I finished my e-portfolio. I know it looks so good. I love. So I have oral exams on Friday. And I've already finished one of my finals. Mm -hmm. So I literally am like my oral examination and one final paper away from having my master's degree. That's insane. I'm so excited. So exciting. So yeah. There's life. Life's been a little What the frick? <laughs> Either Christopher has a squeaky fart or trouble. <laughs> I know what it was. <clears throat> so, um, what's something else? Oh, we went. Um, we hung out yesterday. We had a little outing. Oh, yesterday was so fun. Um, do you want to talk about it? Yeah, sure. So, um, Aiden had a football. He had two football games, mm-hmm. and one of them. <clears throat> wow. <coughs> Yikes. One of them was at the halftime of the CSC game, so. Yeah. So we did that, and it was the first CSC game that, like, me and the kids have been to in almost two and a half years. hmm So it was really cool to see my kids have that much genuine fun, because they've had a really shitty year, too, with the divorce and everything. Yeah. So just to watch them, like, be free and let loose and have fun and just be kids, it was so fun. I wanted to go to the bars so bad last night, but then, like, my only friends have kids. And it's so sad. Yeah. And I was also, like, pseudo on call. Mm -hmm. So, like, not actually on call, but if a call came in, like, I had to go. Mm -hmm. So. I still wanted to go. What did you think about the friggin' seltzers I brought you? The winter edition ones. They were good. Oh. They were good. I was disappointed. Oh my god. <laughs> my cat is still killing bugs. That was crazy. I don't know. I was disappointed. I'm just gonna say that. In the cat? No, the or other the, thing. Or the seltzers. The seltzers. Yeah. It's like I got this like winter edition. Mm-hmm. Um and I just it was very under oh, yikes. It was very <laughs> underwhelming. 
even Adri opened one at my house earlier and took a couple of sips out of it and was like, Ugh. I like the summer edition ones better. I the, do like too. the tie dye ones. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. yeah. So like I had a case of those at my house and went to pull them out of my fridge. What? What? <laughs> Jesus. So we had a pause because my husband was making faces at Chelsea, like because he thought she said Avery took a drink of her seltzer. No, Adri, Adriana, <laughs> over twenty-one, legal adult, not a first grade, not not in kindergarten. Not in kindergarten. Adriana <laughs> had a couple sips and was like, Bleh, oh, "Don't like that." Wow, that was good. Fuck off, Chris. I hope you listen to this later. So yes, it is our season. This is our time to be alive. We love all things spooky and Halloweeny. Yes, yes, it's just yes, good. Yes. So we actually had a question on our Instagram. Odessa Sidon, Odessa Sidon. Um, and I'm gonna do this before I go to Mom Corner, and it was from four days ago. And I'm stupid, so I can't figure out how to respond when people comment on our stories. Mm-hmm. But it was from four days ago. Um, and I'm not gonna say her name just because I don't know that she wanted me to but she mentioned that like we had shared one of our episodes because she's a little bit behind on eating disorders and was wondering if we knew any other success stories for recovery from eating disorders okay you got anything um not off the top of my head and I probably should have like researched it a little bit but I can tell you that there are a lot of really good books written by individuals who have survived their eating disorders. Um, One of them is Life Without ED, and that is a really fantastic read. It's really quick, but it's written by somebody who survived um, anorexia. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of celebrities. You know, we kind of talked about that, but like Demi Demi, Demi Lovato, she is very open about her. Well, yeah. What is that? What? They. Demi is. They. Um, Demi's non-binary. Yep. They. Sorry. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> no, it's okay. That's not what I thought you said. Anyway, they. Um, so they've been very open about <clears throat> their recovery. And so, I mean, you can, you can find those episodes anywhere. It's really hard for me to share accounts of like personal people that I know. But when I was deep in my eating disorder, um, there are a lot of like support groups online and I made a lot of, I would say friends with a couple and acquaintances with others who shared their experience and we would just share back and forth and they've all recovered as well. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm not going to share their personal information because they might not want it out there. Good question. Good answer. Thanks. Um, Do you know anyone? Mm-mm. Mm, probably not on the top of my head. If yeah. you would have told me before we recorded it, I'm sure I could have thought of somebody. Um, Yo. Gabby Petito and Brian Laundry. Tell me. Very, very upsetting ending to this story. Um, so they were looking at a, I think, I believe it was a state park um, in their state, Florida. Um and they finally closed the investigation there. So the day that they opened the park back up, Brian Laundry's parents um, were like, ooh, we want to help look now. And they went and like within 
not i don't even know if it was a half hour maybe like not even an hour of looking they found his quote-unquote remains now i say that because i don't believe that they were actually his um they they said that dental records um confirmed confirmed, but i still think there's something a little fishy there like the day that the park opens back up and his parents find the remains no shit his parents who were the shadiest people in this entire situation other than him did you see like the pictures where it's like his dad is searching for the remains with an fbi agent that looks just like brian no shit yeah um and then i saw today that they will not be having an open casket funeral and that his parents are demanding that he be cremated sure so i'm like okay like there's no way like this isn't fishy to anybody else I don't know. Very, very sad ending to the story. Gabby does not have justice. She will never have justice in that. I wouldn't say never. Mm, Okay, fair. Just because. There's still a chance, but it's just awfully sad. That is awfully sad. We can probably talk more about it. When is um, DV month? Do you know? It was this month. Oh, fuck. We could maybe talk about it next week. Because remember, we were going to do a DV episode. Yeah, it'll just be a week late off of October. I mean, it doesn't have to be in that month. DV happens every day, so. True. Okay. Okay, Mom's Corner. Dude, she's got a lot of shit on here. I know. She always, like, the one thing I think is really funny, um, holy balls. I can't. Uh, Let's see. Let's see. So she sent me one. She sent me a message that says, I don't know if I should read that. <laughs> no! No, do it. No, okay. no, 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 not yet. We can wait until... Yeah, let's okay. let's do that. Um, she is such a savage. Uh, she really is. Okay. Did you know the physical act of passing through a doorway is the... Oh, oh no, oh, no. Is oh. the reason why you often walk into a room and completely forget what you were doing. Because going through a door signifies the beginning or end of something, so it creates an event boundary within your mind. So basically, every time you walk through a doorway, your brain starts filing away thoughts from your previous location to make room for a new group of memories in the next. That's interesting. Speaking of things ending, um, I drew the tower card today. <laughs> so that was spooky. I literally was minding my business over here. That's the worst fucking card to pull. Ugh. Was it inverted or just up and down regular? It was reversed. Okay. But it still freaks me out. Well, good luck with that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, And so the other, did you know, if you feel like someone is lying, even if you have no logical reason to think so, they probably are. Turns out your gut is much better at detecting lies than your brain. Studies show you're more successful at determining whether someone is lying when you jump on your first instinct because having too much time to think about it can make you wrong more often. Wow. Yeah. So there is a book called The Gift of Fear. And when I first started in case management, so I'd been in behavioral health for a while, but like home to home case management, um, Amy Carnahan actually lent me that book and was like, you need to read this. And it's all about like trusting that gut instinct and how it- Wait, what book? 
the gift of fear. Oh, I, for some reason, um, I was reading a book today called My Friend Fear. Oh, really? And so I heard you say fear. That's what my head went to. And I was like, wait, what? No, okay. the gift of fear. So it talks about <clears throat> how like at the very basic level, we are all animals. Mm -hmm. So when you're walking with your dog and your dog is uncomfortable around someone, you're immediately like, ooh, that person's bad. Mm -hmm. But you probably had that vibe first. Society has just taught us to dole that down and never judge people based on first glance. So, so here's a... <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, here's a cool thing about fear. And I sent it to Chelsea today, actually. Oh, I'm so glad you're going to read this. I'm sorry. I love you, but I didn't read it. So this is from the book, My Friend Fear. And I don't know exactly who the author is right now, but I will post it on the Instagram page at Mental Health Sucks. Sucks is S-U-C-C-S. Um, it says, being pulled apart by fear is a continual surprise and often makes me wonder where I went wrong. If I had done things differently, would it still be here? If I were a better person, surely I'd be traveling the world carelessly, forging wonderful friendships with ease, experiencing more than I've ever dreamed possible. I wouldn't be sitting in a coffee shop in downtown Chicago, utterly stricken by fear, would I? The answer, of course, is yes. Fear would still be there. It would be here even if I said the right words or showed up on time, even if everything went exactly according to plan. Fear will still be here because fear is ugh, not a consequence. It's not a punishment we receive for doing something wrong or behaving badly. It is not something that we feel because we lack the strength to overcome it. In fact, fear is an obstacle to overcome at all. Fuck. Sorry, there's a gnat flying around my face and I'm struggling here. Um, in fact, fear isn't an obstacle to overcome at all. Fear is a light that's meant to guide us. It builds strength and provides sustenance. It has the ability to split us open like a knife does to a pomegranate, spilling the seeds of beauty and incredible possibility from inside. There are moments when I simply feel free, untethered from my constant fear of being different, of being judged or singled out. In these moments, I float. So she talked about how fear... Is it supposed to be like a bad thing? And even in our best versions of ourselves, the fear is still going to be there. Right. And like we need to use it as our tool rather than our enemy. Yeah. Because it pushes us to do new and exciting things. <gasps> Love. So, okay. We've been talking for 20 minutes. Should we get into the fucking episode? Ooh, this is going to be a long episode. Great. My faves. Spooky season. Spooky. Okay. So... We were sitting at the football game yesterday, and I was like, fuck, what are we going to record on tomorrow? It's Halloween. Let's do something spooky. So then I was like, sorry. Damn it. <laughs> I swear it's like flying in front of my eyes. Um, I was like, let's look up famous or notorious ghosts spooky. and discuss things such as their mental health or adversity or anything else that relates. Okay. Spooky. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, I can. Okay. Okay. So, a lot of so if anyone from my hometown listens to this podcast, they might be shamed because I I feel like I won't do the story justice. Well, whatever, do it. So, this is the story of Annie Cook. Got Ooh. nothing. Got nothing. Okay. I'm bad with names, though. So maybe if you describe the ghost hauntings, I'll be like, yes. Get so, so Miss Annie Cook. Um, the story of Annie Cook is the purest form of 
evil and greed and obsession and like there's a lot that goes into it um (laughs) i'm trying to figure out where i want to start from here so annie lived in hershey nebraska which is about 15 miles from north platte but was in north platte often north platte for those of you who don't know is where i am from um so let me just dig in here. I'm so fucking excited mm-hmm. right now. So this is actually a Tumblr post, and I'll be going back and forth between this and another um, resource, and it's just the McCook Gazette. Um, <laughs> so there is a book, and I believe a movie coming out about Annie Cook called Annie Cook, An Evil Obsession. Ooh. Yes, and so these are pictures of her. This is her daughter. Yep. Yep. Okay. So this Tumblr post starts out with the sentence, greed spawns some horrific stories, and this is one of the worst. Oh, give it to me. Ah, I have goosebumps. Okay. So in high school, there was a family that I knew that lived in or on top of the Annie Cook property, Mm -hmm. and there was lots of hauntings there. They had to have a priest come out and bless it. That's all I got as far as stories about her hunting, though. I don't know a whole lot about it. Although it is marked as like one of the top five places or hauntings in the state of Nebraska. Oh my God. Can we go? <laughs> Annie Cook. Well, I mean, we're going to go get our tattoos. So. I want to see this Annie Cook house. So Annie Cook um, is actually from Denver, Colorado. I get Okay. So earlier you're like, oh, there's roots for both of us. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm from Colorado. Yes. In case you're all wondering. Um, so she lived in, she was a Russian immigrant and she lived Mm -hmm. in, um, Denver and then her husband, his name was Frank Cook. He had an 80 acre farm in Hershey, Nebraska. Um, and went to Denver for supplies and Annie met him and thought that this was a perfect opportunity to get more money. Great. So she went with him. So it wasn't long before she wanted more out of life. There was a point where Frank wasn't giving it to her. Not like. (laughs) <laughs> wasn't cutting it <laughs> i was like what uh, are you what? sure he wasn't giving it to her like we don't know that whatever so she started to leave frank and their young daughter clara that they had and she was born in 1996 on the farm in hershey and spent long periods of time in omaha for supposed illnesses Ooh. <clears throat> now if this date like this time frame doesn't sound familiar. This was right around the um, prohibition time period. Okay. So what Annie was doing actually was she was running a house of prostitution. After, Get it, girl. After several, I wouldn't be saying. <laughs> after several years, she earned enough money to double the size of Frank's farm in Hershey, but it still was not enough for her. Um, after the turn of the 20th century in North Platte, um, Nebraska, specifically that area, became a big hotspot for crime. Yeah. Um, uh, it was during the prohibition and bootlegging, gambling, and prostitution, and they were, and there were lucrative, quote, lucrative professions, um, especially since officials in North Platte turned a blind eye if it was, like, hush money was paid. Yeah. So, like, there's not a whole lot here. Um, also, North Platte was given the nickname, is it Little Chicago or Old Chicago? I can't remember. Hang on. Old Chicago's <clears throat> a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's Little. I think it's, I think it's They Little have really Chicago. good fucking pizza at Old Chicago. They do. I'm just saying. Little Chicago. 
So North North uh, North Platte and the areas of Southeast Nebraska carried the non-flattering title of Little Chicago. So in this time, prohibition spawned an epidemic of crime across the U.S. To be sure, but North Platte itself seemed to be like the hottest spot in the Midwest um, for this area. Gambling, illegal booze, prostitution, and extortion were allowed to go unchecked. City officials turned their heads and accepted hush money. So, um, oh, bless you. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, so when Annie's daughter, Clara, turned 13 years old, she moved her to North Platte um with the excuse that she was going to get a better education for her she okay. wanted so much more for her in north Platte than in hershey so annie ran um the boarding house for girls and the money was placed in the right palms so that this pretense was effective the home was actually used for the prostitution so the home in which they lived was annie's prostitution house so she didn't even have like <clears throat> A prostitution barn outside of the house like people would come into the home with her daughter and her husband and she had lots of girls lots of them wow um i lost where i was um annie ran the boarding house for girls money blah 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 blah. the home was actually used for prostitution clara the daughter yeah played piano for the girls and their male paying customers many local officials required uh, frequent frequented the house and this gave Annie the dirt that she needed. So like okay. higher ups were attending this. So like Annie was like, she was in it, you know? Yeah. Um, dun, 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 dun. Oh my gosh. Excuse you. Sir outside. Mm-hmm. Very disruptive. So then um, because all of these officials came in, she used this information as a means for extortion for years to come. Oh, fuck yeah. Right. As you do when well-known individuals come into your whorehouse. Mm-hmm. So Clara eventually dropped out of school, which is the whole reason that she was, quote unquote, moved back to North Platte. Um, and she became the house's like main attraction. Clara? So Annie was now profiting off of her own daughter. Oh, Annie, Annie, Annie. Mm-hmm. Her mother forced her into prostitution when man men began begging to notice Clara. Annie used the money she made from this house to buy an additional land across from Frank's farm in Hershey. Where's baby daddy in all this? He's just letting his daughter. Frank? Yeah. yeah. Frank. Frank. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? With Frank? bribes and threats gained to gain. With bribes and threats that she gained from the Lincoln County um, contract for its poor farm, she took the contract away from a caring widow who treated the many destitute male workers that came into the lab- came in came to labor on her farm in exchange for a roof over their head. So, like now, she's not only using this prostitution ring, but she's using it for other things now as well. Oh my God. Um, Annie placed her poor farm on her newly acquired land right across from Frank's farm, and the family moved back to Hershey, but then she kept running the prostitution house in North Platte from Hershey. So, like, she kept the house running while she moved back to Hershey. Holy moly. Um, She worked many of the girls to death, and because of this, several of the frequent men who would come in ran off. Um, others who tried were often found dead floating in um, irrigation ditches. 
Annie. The, yeah, like she was a bad, bad person. The local officials with hush money deemed that these deaths were accidental. So on this land, there are tons of girls buried, tons of men buried. Oh, I have goosies right mm-hmm. now. Her husband, Frank, did not like Annie's treatment. No shit. Jesus, <clears throat> and Frank. he would he would often like entertain them, like make like um kind of make it a better experience for him as much as he could, I guess. Whatever. Thanks, Frank. Appreciate your contribution there. I know. Um, apparently, now this is something I did not know. Annie did not appreciate that, and he became fed up when Annie falsely accused him of sexually assaulting their daughter. So he moved into the barn. They did use a barn. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> Not for the whorehouse, but for poor Frank. <laughs> um, on here, it, mm, okay, it does. It does talk about the abuse. So, oh, oh, okay. But are still alive, don't worry. <laughs> um, Clara soon became, uh, Clara was a big part of this whole entire thing. Um, there came a point in time, I believe, when it was after Frank died. There was a lot of abuse that Clara went through with her mom, mm-hmm. Annie. Um, on this Tumblr page, it says, One day Annie returned to find Clara enjoying a moment with a young boy who worked on the farm. And Clara had given him a couple of pairs of new overalls. So she was trying to help them. Right. Um, because keep in mind, they had the prostitution and then they had the farm. The farm where gotcha. they forced boys to work. Right, right, right. Um. So she gave him new new clothes. And the two were enjoying the gift. And then Annie arrived. She became enraged at their happiness. She grabbed the overalls and burned them in her stove. Holy balls. The boy was one of the few to survive Annie's abuse. He grew up to fight in the Second World War and became a train engineer. Aww. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 1934, Claire, who is now almost 40 years old, got in an argument with her mother, and Annie took a heavy lid lifter from the stove and chased Clara into the apple orchard, and she hit the daughter um, with the lifter on the right side of the head, and Clara dropped dead. Annie. So, but throughout all of the, before all, before this, where she killed her own daughter, literally killed her own daughter by whacking her in the head. Um, Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of abuse that she endured. Now, I can't, I don't know if all, maybe the abuse is on the McCook website. Like Annie endured abuse? No, Clara. Oh, Clara. Obviously, her mom was prostituting her. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's not indicative were... of abuse in the home. So, some of the abuse oh, that I remember um, being told about. So, in North Platte, they do a thing called the cemetery tours. North Platte has a lot of history in it. Like, a lot. Right. Um... They have a thing called cemetery tours where they have actors standing at the graves of all these people. And you walk around the cemetery and, like, they tell you their life story. Oh, my God. That's so cool. It's so fucking cool. But at Clara's grave, something that I remember very specifically is, like, in the middle of, like, a dead cold winter, she would force Annie to go outside and do, like, farm tours. No shoes or anything. And then, like, as blizzarding out, she would come back in and have a boiling pot pot of water, and, like, she would have to stick her hands and feet in it. This woman is clearly a sociopath. Thank you. Um, 
you're and it, it was it was all for the money and like she could not get enough money hence it being called an evil obsession yeah um i'm trying to see if there are any more stories of like the abuse um so after clara died the lincoln county attorney reported that an official investigation was not necessary the death was quote purely accidental and his report said that clara had been poisoned Hmm. she had asked him she had she oh wait she had asked that an aged lucy's like (laughs) um she had asked that an aged inmate at the farm prepared dose of medicine for her the inmate poured the poison into the gospel mistake and then that's how she died but actually mom just fucking beat her to death good job mom anyways that's story of andy cook fucking cool evil crazy i mean very clearly a sociopath like to be able to do all those things and be so like power hungry and money hungry so like yes and she but having no remorse and no guilt and no like mm-hmm. yes. Ooh, so that good is good one. That is the story of Annie Cook. Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Are you ready, ready? Yeah. I'm gonna do Bloody Mary. <gasps> okay, work. Okay. So the story of Bloody Mary, like it's it's like this ritual at every sleepover ever mm-hmm. when you're a young girl that you play Bloody yes. Mary. Um, so it's actually so well known of a ritual that it's been studied, studied by paranormal researchers. Um, so in the first like theory, what it says is Mary is said to have been a beautiful young woman who was so vain that she couldn't help but stare at herself whenever she could. Um, but there was a horrible accident that left her injured and disfigured. So from that point forward, she was forbidden to look in the mirror because her family feared she would go mad upon seeing her reflection. So one night she snuck a mirror into her room and saw her face burst into tears, couldn't look at herself any longer. And then so the the story is she merged into her reflection and vowed to harm and disfigure anyone who dared to summon her while staring into a mirror. Um, however, the story of Bloody Mary actually derives from um, the, fr- the Tudor queen, Mary. Um, so Mary was born in February, 1516, um, grew up in the public eye. I was a beloved princess. Um, her dad had an infatuation with Anne Boleyn. Um, and so, you know, all that historical stuff, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. So Mary refused to acknowledge the validity of her parents' divorce and her father's status as the head of the church of England. So after Anne's execution and Henry's marriage to Jane Seymour, Mary finally agreed to her father's terms. So, um, oh God, this is, uh, holy shit. Okay. Um, so since her teen years, Mary had been plagued with terrible menstrual pains and irregularity in her cycles. So it also attributed to continued physical and psychological stress throughout her life. She was also known to be struck with deep and frequent periods of melancholia, depressive spells, and they would stay with her throughout her entire life. So this all started happening in teenage years. 
So with all the stuff stacked against her, she got married in hopes to conceive an heir. So here's where the origin of Bloody Mary takes shape. Okay. So <clears throat> Mary was starved for love and forever seeking the approval of her father. So she had a pattern of dun, 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 codependency. Oh. Um, whom she was ready to lavish all of her frustrated emotions on. So, you know, they fell in love, blah, 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 as in love as you can be for somebody who has codependent tendencies and believed that they had conceived. So despite displaying the unusual or the usual symptoms of pregnancy, she had swelling breasts, a growing abdomen. Um, There were rumors of a false pregnancy spreading. So there weren't pregnancy tests. There wasn't an exam that could be had. Um, you know, so then she goes into a private chamber where they had kind of calculated a time of birth. Mm -hmm. And when the baby didn't come at that time, they put her in this private chamber. Well, then months and months went by and she never had the baby. Um, so she finally leaves the confines of her chamber, childless and alone. So she believed that she was being punished for failing a mission that she was supposed to achieve months earlier by having an heir. Um, so then at this time, like, the people of England were dividing between Protestants and Catholics. So she decided she was going to unite people under the true religion um, that would result in the Marian persecutions. So 240 men and 60 women were sentenced as Protestants and burned at the stake, earning her the name of Bloody Mary forever. Wow. Yeah. So that's where everything comes from. So what was going on with Mary in theory is that, um, was like a rare condition called pseudocysis is basically like a person is so determined to become pregnant that their body tricks them into being pregnant. And so like they have all of the symptoms of pregnancy, but they're mm -hmm. not actually pregnant. Um, I think now it's called like a hysterical pregnancy or something mm -hmm, like that. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so she could have also had endometrial hyperplasia, which is a pre precursor to uterine cancer. Um, so she announced herself as pregnant again a few years later yet again, didn't deliver a baby. Um, and so when she wasn't delivering babies, she would go on like these huge massacres and just kill a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that's where the nickname Bloody Mary came from. Um, so now what they start talking about in the rituals of today, Bloody Mary allegedly appears to individuals who ritualistically invoke her name in an act of cattle. I don't know what that word is. Anyway. Um, so it's basically done by repeating her name in front of a mirror. And so the apparition of Mary is mm -hmm. supposed to come up in the mirror and disfigure you, kill you, hurt you, mm -hmm. harm you in some way. Um, so a lot of people who claim that they have seen this say that the apparition appears as a corpse, a witch, a ghost, just kind of depends on who you're asking. Mm -hmm. Um, the lore surrounding the ritual states that participants endure the apparition, screaming at them, cursing them, strangling them, stealing their soul, drinking their blood, scratching their eyes. Um, so there's some other names. Um, some of the explanations for the phenomenon, staring into a mirror in a dimly lit room for a prolonged period can cause one to hallucinate. Facial features may appear to melt, distort, disappear, or rotate. Um, and so it's what they call strange face illusion. And so they think that that's kind of why people say that they experience this stuff. Um, so here's how it works. The game is Bloody Mary. It's high risk. You have to have fire in there. The objective is to summon Bloody Mary. 
and the reward is like proof of your bravery. Mm-hmm. Um, so this actually, the roots of this game go far, far, far back um, into the 19th century. So century saying that if you walked backwards up a staircase in a darkened house at night, passing a mirror, you would see reflected in the mirror one of two things, the face of the person you were destined to marry or a skull. If the skull appeared, you were destined to die before you got a chance to marry anyone. <laughs> yeah. Bloody Mary itself appears to have come along somewhat later. Um, we do know that in the 1970s, folklorist <clears throat> Janet Langle, Langle, Jesus, Langlui, uh, Mary Wells, I believe in you, was like a folklore legend that kind of spawned more of this Bloody Mary stuff. Mm-hmm. Um the other theory, aside from the um, Queen Mary, is Mary Worth, who may have been executed as a witch. Um, and now there's like Mary Wales. So there's like all these different mm-hmm. ideas as to where she comes from. But the, the biggest one that we have is um, the historical piece of Bloody Mary. So the way you play Bloody Mary... You play this game in any indoor setting. You like so you need a candle, matches, and a mirror. So you wait until night, and it needs to happen at midnight. Face the mirror, make eye contact, um, and you need to have candles lit in the room with you. So you look in the mirror, and you say aloud three times, "Bloody Mary." Um, this one says all the way up to thirteen repetitions now. So when I was young, it was only three, but now apparently you say it 13 times. Oh my God, that's excessive. Yeah, for like when I was young, it was like three times spinning around. Yeah, that's what it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's 13 times. Okay. Um. So, I mean, there's there's the name of Bloody Mary. Um. And so I just, I, I chose this one because it's something that like I played as a kid. And it was interesting to read about the origins of Bloody Mary going all the way back to like colonial times. Um, oh my God. Right. They're annoying. And Queen Mary. Yeah. It's everywhere. The little gnats. They're little gnats. So yeah. Very nice. Bloody Mary. And as I was like looking for like famous ghosts or whatever, it was interesting that she came up because it was very much like, she wanted to be pregnant so bad that she was now having psychological symptoms of mm-hmm. feigning a pregnancy and having depression and all the stress of everything. Um, so yeah. Wow. Bloody Mary. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> that was so stupid. Okay. Well, it looks like we both kind of, ow. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> looks like we both kind of have a quote so let's um i have two and mine are spooty oh okay mine's not spooty okay you so go first and i'll read the spooty one mine is from ab Abertoli. sure yeah yeah okay it says take your time healing as long as you want nobody else knows what you've been through how could they know how to he- how long it will take to heal you Beautiful. Okay, so mine are spooty. Spooty. The first one I just like. Um, who knows why we were taught to fear the witches and not those who burn them alive? Ooh, that goes for a lot of different things in life. Yeah. Beauty. And this is a Stephen King quote. Love. And he says, we make up horrors to help us cope with the real ones. Oh! Right? Okay. Thanks for calling me out, Steve. 
Steve. <laughs> Stephen King. Okay, so I'm actually reading a book right now um, by Stephen King's son. Sorry, I have anxiety. Are you anxious? I'm always anxious on Sundays because it's drop-off day. Mm. Yeah. Usually I stress clean my entire house, but it was cleaned for me. Most thoughtful thing anyone's ever done, but I'm like, what do I do with my anxiety now? Asshole. <laughs> Asshole for being so nice and helping me without me asking. <laughs> so that's that's our spooty episode. Spooty. If you're out, you know, trick-or-treating or partying or whatever you do on Halloween, be safe, be smart. Keep your eyes peeled, you know. If you see anything spooty, let us know. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, ghosties. Let us know. Um, if you're partying or at a bar, keep an eye on your friends. This is a spooky drinking holiday, without a doubt. Um, and yeah, make sure you water yourself and your friends. Goodbye. Goodbye.